My name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As our regular listeners will be very aware, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, we're joined on today's programme by Martin Drake, the CEO and founder of Hire People, a boutique recruitment and staffing agency specialising in the HR and marketing professions. Um, Martin, very warm welcome to you and uh, by all means, thank you for joining us. Thanks for inviting me on, Scott. Looking forward to it. Um, myself as well, Martin. Pleasure having you. Um, it's an exciting time for the business, actually, because it's currently undergoing a rebrand and will soon be known as Hire With Us. And of course, we'll be getting to that a little bit later on in the uh, the conversation. Uh, but first and foremost, Martin, just sort of backtracking to the beginning. Um, you've been in recruitment for a long time before sort of choosing to start your own business. Um, what was it that kind of motivated you or made the decision for you that sort of going it alone was going to be sort of your pathway? Yeah, no problems. I, I guess I've kind of always been um, slightly entrepreneurial. I've, I've kind of always had kind of business ideas since I was um, kind of post-university, really. I've just never had the um, the right opportunity or the funds to kind of back it. Um, I, I kind of stumbled my way into recruitment after graduating. I've been in and around it for 20 years. And, and I kind of say I, I had a sabbatical um, in HR, so I, I kind of um, migrated or transitioned uh, back in 2010 from an internal recruitment role over into HR and did that for six years. Um, and I'll be honest, it was actually uh, in 2016, I was a job seeker looking for a, a new HR position. Mm. And, and unfortunately, I just got a really, really poor level of service from from every single recruitment agency that I engaged with. And, and it was the kind of synonymous problems that most people have with recruitment agencies in terms of lack of support, guidance, and, and really kind of any form of feedback once they said that they've submitted you forward to a role. Um, so there's a famous Gandhi quote that says, go and be the change that you want to see in the world. And and that's essentially what I did. I, I left my HR career behind, came back into recruitment. Um, but I, I, I joined a recruitment agency at that point, um, set up a, uh, a HR recruitment division. So I've kind of combined both my, my vocations. Um, they were financed base recruitment agency, uh, set up their HR division, grew it over three and a half years. And, and and really, when you are employed by somebody, and recruitment is a very kind of traditional industry, really, where right. it's been done the same way for kind of decades, I really wanted to kind of break the mold of that. But when you're employed by somebody, you are very much kind of limited in terms of how much change you can drive, um, especially, you know, the, the owner of that business kind of wants to do it a certain way. Um, so the, really the only kind of avenue for me to look at was to um, set up by myself. And, and that really was the enabler then for me to change um, a lot of ways that um, I felt recruitment was becoming out of touch or um, or the, the, the philosophy and the model needed to change. Um, so that, that was it really. It was about wanting to give people the level of service that I hadn't received myself as a job seeker, but then really trying to drive um, innovation and, and um, practices within the industry. Um, but having the freedom to do so um, kind of was being my own boss. Um, and that, that kind of led me to that point. Mm. 
And you took that leap of faith to go and start your own business in January 2020. And of course, we all know what happened just a couple of months after that. Um, I can imagine that that must have been an incredibly sort of hectic and quite challenging time for you, because I can imagine there there were issues accessing funding as well as almost trying to kind of grow a business during that time. So what was that period like? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, kind of um, not the, you know, if you had the foresight, maybe wouldn't have, have done it, but, you know, none of us did. Um, but launched the business. Um, and really, because it was very, very much in its infancy and, and because I was under a, a restrictive covenant by my former employer that I couldn't deal with any um, any of my kind of existing clients or relationships, um, I was kind of starting very much from scratch. And um, And as you say, we've really just kind of got the wheels in motion. I've got my first kind of new client on. Um, and then obviously kind of COVID struck and, and I'm a really, really optimistic person. I, I'm almost kind of unbearably optimistic. Um, and I remember the, um, the announcement on the Sunday and on the Monday, I had a real wobble and I was like, oh my God, you know, how am I going to, how is the business going to continue? Um, I only had enough savings for six months and, and that was really kind of going to eat through that. Um, as you said, um, there wasn't any funding available because we were so new. We fell through every single crack of, um, of funding options available to us. Um, but I just went away and you know, I actually walked the dog um, and had a quiet word to myself and, and reflected back on what were the reasons I had set up the business um, and how could I get out of it. Um, so managed to get some um, some uh, kind of a loan from, from a family member just to kind of see us through um, the period. And then just transition really and tried to focus on um, just giving advice and supporting people, you know, although we didn't necessarily have any vacancies that we could um, start to talk to candidates about, you know, just turn it and just um, just give advice and give support and try and see people through that that period, help them with the CV and um, really start to kind of um, build up that kind of stock of um, credibility um, to be seen as a recruitment that, that is doing it differently. Um, and then... It slowly, slowly kind of started to turn. Um, you know, as we got through the summer, a lot of people who, who had been uh, made redundant from COVID got back into employment. And then from that October onwards, um, it's just been crazy ever since. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a very, very daunting and challenging time for a pled, you know, very much fledgling business. Um, but I think in those times of uncertainty, you really just got to, um, look at you know what your business proposition is, um, and just kind of try and know you're doing it for the right reason, and just try and build on that. Yeah, and I certainly think that being there for people during that sort of period of uncertainty, it would have held you in good stead for the future because you know you're focusing on helping them, you're focusing on that you know sort of standard of service. Um, you've not been sort of harassing people with sort of sales calls, and you've been kind of just building up that credibility, you've been adding that value. And obviously, as soon as things have started to stabilise somewhat, you find they've they've come to you. So that's um, exactly. basically sort of served yourself really well in the long term. Yeah, and that's exactly it. You know, we're, we're very different to most recruiting agencies. We don't actually do any sales calls whatsoever. Um, you know, I've been in HR, I've, I've felt that harassment by recruitment agencies, and it's not a, a model we want to, want to operate. And that's why we do do things very, very differently. Um, and, and the, the, the platform that gave me the confidence to set up by myself was um, knowing that I had really good stock in the, um, in the Northwest area as a recruiter um, and somebody who 
just generally kind of supports and gives advice to job seekers throughout their whole um, job search. So it was really just focus on that singular activity rather than say, okay, you know, appreciate times are hard. We're probably not going to be able to generate any revenue because um, nobody's recruiting. And if they are, they've got an abundance of, of, of direct applicants they can seek. Um, just really kind of, um, you know, knuckle down and just focus on trying to support people through the, the, the hardships and times that they're having in um, and just really kind of um, cement and build upon that, that brand recognition that we've got. Yeah, that was the approach. And I suppose as well, the kind of lessons that you've learned from the COVID period and sort of getting through those early months of the uh, the business's life, let's say, um, I can imagine that's probably sort of built up your own resilience and sort of helped create um, quite a sort of strong and positive culture within the uh, the company as well, now that you're looking to sort of grow the business further moving forward now that COVID is behind us. Yeah, definitely. You know, as a somebody who um, has never owned a business before, there's, there's a lot of it's a long journey, you know, there's ups and downs and twists and turns along the way. Um, and, and that was certainly, you know, a period of, of kind of self-development and learning of, um, of resilience and, you know, how to really, how to, I guess, strategize, move forward, look at long-term plans, um, how to, um, you know, what, what's the business going to look like that I want to build? Um, and just trying to, yeah, Take, take learning from every situation, I guess. Yeah, I suppose there's a lot of parallels between sort of business and the sporting world, isn't there? There's always kind of setbacks and things and kickings around the corner, but sometimes you kind of don't know how big the corner is and it's about sort of learning from those experiences, either winning or learning and moving forward, using that to improve and obviously planning for the future and, you know, what you want your team, what you want your culture to look like. You're speaking my words now, Scott. I, I love an analogy between... Um, business in the sporting world I, I do it a lot with kind of as I, as I kind of go through the day-to-day job I, I pull a lot of parallels mm. between um recruitment and, and dating because uh, there's that kind of similarity between you know candidates um, applying for jobs and, and that suitability and, and you know going out and kind of finding a, a, a partner um so I, I, I love a good analogy so um, relationships and dating and, and sports uh, are two um two aspects that yeah I pull a lot of um, similarities from uh, both kind of how to go about you know just operating as a business leader but yeah in the, the kind of the day-to-day aspects um, and, and often how it explains to people as well but yeah you're right on my street with um, those sorts of comparisons. Yeah and would you say there are any people sort of either from the sporting world or people that you've worked with before that have maybe sort of given you some sort of inspiration and maybe kind of rubbed off on your own sort of leadership style if you will? Yeah, I think you have to look at, um, certainly when you talk about the sporting world, I think you have to look at um, highly successful managers. You know, um, I'm a Liverpool fan, so, um, you know, if you look to the likes of Manchester United, you know, although they're, they're classed as a sworn enemy, you cannot argue with the, the, the management and leadership of Alex Ferguson, you know, to be as successful as that over such a long period of time. So you have to look at people like that as inspiration. Um, Naturally, you know, someone like Jurgen Klopp with his management skills, um, Pep Guardiola with, you know, um, doing it his way. Um, I think you can always take um, inspiration from successful leaders. Um, I'm not I'm not massively political, so, you know, I don't really kind of look into the political world. Um, business leaders are hard to identify unless you're kind of embedded in, in that every day. 
um, you know, you get like the people and dragons, then you can kind of um, look into kind of what they've and how they've been successful. But because I, I, I enjoy sport um, and actually kind of gravitate, gravitate towards successful um, sports managers, maybe, and, and, and football's kind of my game. So, yeah, I take a lot of inspiration out of people like that, um, looking at what they're doing and, you know, what makes it successful. Um, I very much kind of believe in there was the um, the, the uh, UK cycling team and the one percent marginal gains mm. um, aspect that they focused on, and that, that was something that I advocate as well. Trying to look at okay, what do we do well, um, but how can we do that one percent better? That is going to you know never settle with the status quo of where you're at. Always try and aspire for you know further improve, improvements and development. Yeah, sometimes the numbers game can be so, so advantageous, can't it? Those marginal gains within the things that you're proficient at just to sort of give you that extra yard, give you that extra edge. And it can prove so, so decisive in sort of key situations. And we see that in business as well. That's absolutely right. And um, I suppose because we do have a lot of younger viewers that tune into this podcast as well, who, you know, might be entrepreneurial themselves, might sort of have their own kind of business idea. And given that you, uh, Martin, have had um, a huge experience sort of uh, building up a business during a difficult period of time and getting it off the uh, the ground, um, if you could maybe sort of give them one piece of advice to kind of get on the road success themselves, um, what piece of advice would that be, do you think? Yeah, I was, oh, if you'd give me two, I could have give you a couple. But if I, uh, if feel I free to share both. Feel free to share both. <laughs> if I was to singularly go with one, um, probably the best um, learnings that I've had as a business owner have certainly been through consistent um, self development. So um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, you know, I listen to, to to this podcast with various guests. To, um, just try and take inspiration. There's ones I listen to which are very specific within the recruitment industry. Um, but then I listen to um, a whole myriad, really, from um, uh, ones from the sporting world, ones from the business world. I just try and listen to as many um, different um, platforms as I can. You know, I listen to a lot of audio books when I'm in the car from business leaders. I listen to autobiographies of people. And really just that, you know, don't don't just kind of believe that you have all the knowledge and you, you may well be an expert in the, the topic that you want to launch business about. But there's still a lot of other aspects about how to be a, you know, a successful business owner. Um, um, look at, you know, how can you improve your, your service? Um, how can you enter new markets? How can you be more innovative? I think if you just continue to immerse yourselves in, um, listening to stories of other people who've been there and trodden that path um, and what they've done well and what they haven't done well and what they've learned from that, you can't go far wrong from that. Um, if I was to talk about one um, other aspect that I would um, mm. that I would say has really kind of helped us as a business is um, be very kind of content-led. Um, you know, LinkedIn is a huge platform for us as a recruiter and we, we put a lot of content out there. Um, and a lot of that isn't just, you know, look at us, we're great. Um, this is why we think you should use as a recruitment agency. It's about giving free advice, position yourself as the, you know, the expert in your market in terms mm-hmm. of what you do. But um, build credibility by providing insightful, engaging content um, and it's a bit like, you know, kind of the old Field of Dreams, kind of uh, the, younger, the younger audience might not know that film, but it's a, a kind of a Kevin Costner film and, he, he, you know, build it and they will come. 
Um, you've got to believe in the long-term strategy of, of kind of content. But you know, as I said to you, we don't do any sales calls or recruitment mm. agency, which is um, pretty much unprecedented in our sector. But we're very, very content-led. And what that does is it drives um, clients to us because they feel a, an affiliation with us. They've seen us posting content for months, years even. Um, it builds up our profile in their in their own perception. So when they have a, a buying need, if you want to call it that, um, we're the first organization they think of, from certainly from a recruitment perspective, um, and they will contact us rather than us doing that harassing approach that we, we spoke about earlier on. Yeah, certainly. And um, I think just going back to the um, the first thing uh, that you mentioned as well, I think that does sort of show the importance, isn't it? When you're building up a business, don't try and do it all on your own. You, there are others out there. You can network, you can access advice and sort of support um, in many aspects uh, from them. You can. So there's always something to learn. There's always uh, something you can use to develop. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like um, I, d- I do like the fact that you uh, mentioned that you are sort of looking to do things differently in your industry. And uh, I suppose a congratulations must be in order for this as well, because um, a testament to that is that you found yourselves um, sort of in the final shortlist for a couple of awards um, recently, um, including in customer service and in innovation. And they are usually quite atypical for a recruitment business, aren't they? So that is just um, a vindicator, really, of exactly how you're sort of you know changing the mold within the industry. Yeah, I, you know, I, I honestly can't be more proud because for me, that is absolute testament to how we are trying to be different in our industry. Um, as you say, you know, customer service and innovation aren't really um, factors that are very synonymous in our industry. So um, to be recognized as a finalist in, in both of those categories over the last couple of years, um, yeah, you you. I, I honestly can't convey how proud I was um, to have been kind of shortlisted in both those categories. But again, it goes back to if you're going to be setting up a business, um, don't just do the status quo. Don't just look at how that, that that market maybe has operated for a long time. What can you provide that is going to um, add a different value or more value to your market? You know, think outside the box. Um, we use a lot of technology. We offer commercial terms that are, groundbreaking in our um, sector. So, you know, remember a few years ago that Kia came out with a seven-year warranty and mm. everyone thought that was crazy. Well, actually, they offer that because the precinct they put in their cars must be so well-built that, you know, they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot by having a lot of um, issues where they're having to fix a lot of problems. And um, they made sure their product was um, so well-built that they're able to put their flag in the sand and, and far exceed everybody else. We do something similar um, with our our kind of terms and conditions in our industry. So sometimes it's about thinking outside of the box, believing in what you do, um, but also trying to drive innovation um, to offer something that maybe doesn't exist already in the marketplace. And and it can be really hard to do that. But again, by um, taking inspiration from from other markets and other sectors in um, the sporting world, the business world, wherever it may be, um, just trying kind of, continuously look for where you can add value and, and be better in your own business because it'll serve you really really well um, if you want to kind of grow that business long term absolutely right and uh, just before of course we wrap up i think it's fair to say isn't it that your business is continuing to do that because going back to what we touched on at the very beginning um the rebrand of course uh hire people going over to hire with us is in the pipeline but you're also looking at expansion outside of the uk as well so more thinking outside the box more sort of pushing yourselves out there 
Yeah, the, the rebrand was kind of, I won't say it was forced upon us, but when we were doing our, our research about where we wanted to, uh, we are expanding into the US and, and we identified um, Texas as, as the market that we wanted to kind of um, launch from. Um, there was actually another hire people um, that is a recruitment agency that is in um, Austin. Um, so we're looking at, at Dallas and Austin's the next town along, Old City. Um, so we're like, well, you know, we need to kind of, we can't, we can't go in with the same brand as them. We considered higher group. There's another higher group that operates in Manchester, which isn't too far from where we are in the UK. So really, we kind of we wanted to stick with the higher because we like the, the kind of the pun um, mm. between um, helping people hire with their career, uh, but also the you know the hiring process. So um, we also had to then look at um, domain names that were available on a .com basis that weren't going to cost us twelve thousand pounds a year. So it really kind of drove right. Okay, well, what do we how can we rebrand, but also something that really kind of um, isn't a million miles from, from kind of where we're at. And I always used to use the hashtag um, um, helping you hire um, and really kind of just think along that, that kind of parallel hire with us um, just works mm. really, really well. Um, so, yeah, we, we're currently um, just at the kind of uh, we've, we've bought the domain um, and now we're going through a kind of rebranding process with a marketing agency. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully in a, in a couple of months, um, we'll be kind of live with, with all of that. Um, and yeah, we've, we've kind of infancy stages of the expansion to the US, but very, very exciting times. Certainly seems the uh, the case, and I do certainly wish you all the luck in the uh, the world with the rebrand, Martin, and that expansion. Um, really exciting times for the business, and I think it'd be fantastic, perhaps, to even sort of check back in um, at some point over the next year or so, and just you know see how it's all coming along for you. Yeah, I'd absolutely love to do that, and you know probably maybe talk about some of the um, how we operate as a business um, differently, both uh, rather than kind of our model externally, but you know. Um, some of the um, aspects that we do internally because um, we operate a, a very unique, flexible working approach here as well. So um, it'd be great to catch up in the future about um, you know how the business is doing, but maybe bring some, some different insights to um, operational activities as well. Yes, that would be absolutely fantastic. And um, in the meantime, if anyone is tuning into this today and do, does want to hear a little bit more from uh, Martin, um, he does host his own podcast series. Touched on that a little bit earlier, um, especially relevant to anybody working in the HR career side of things. Um, is this room free? Is the uh, the podcast you should be looking for? And uh, some insightful stuff there, I'm sure, Martin. Oh, I appreciate the plug. Thank you very much. But <laughs> no, yeah, if anybody no. um, if anybody has any questions or wants to get in touch, LinkedIn LinkedIn is always a, a great way to get a hold of me. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And uh, thank you again, Martin, for your time on the uh, the program today. It's been brilliant having you on to uh, talk uh, with us today. Really insightful, really eye-opening. And uh, by all means, do take care and stay safe with all still going on. I appreciate that. Um, and it's been a pleasure being on. Thanks, Scott. Fantastic. And to all listeners tuning in today as well, um, of course, um, we've just been talking there about um, how you can get hold of Martin if you'd like to hear more from him. Um, but if you do sort of run your own business or head your own organisation and you have your own story that you'd like to share with us here at the Leaders Council, then your best port of call would be leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply, where you can apply to be on the programme. And like yourself, you could be sitting uh, here alongside me, uh, like Martin has done, just talking about um, everything to do with your business. Um, until next Next time you've been tuning into the Leaders Council podcast and I've been your host Scott Chaloner today. Please take care everyone and goodbye.